Chapter Nine of Part Four of The Idiot, Parts Three and Four by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Eva M. Martin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A fortnight had passed since the events recorded in the last chapter, and the position of the actors in our story had become so changed that it is almost impossible for us to continue the tale without some few explanations yet we feel that we ought to limit ourselves to the simple record of facts without much attempt at explanation for a very patent reason because we ourselves have the greatest possible difficulty in accounting for the facts to be recorded such a statement on our part may appear strange to the reader how is any one to tell a story which he cannot understand himself in order to keep clear of a false position we had perhaps better give an example of what we mean and probably the intelligent reader will soon understand the difficulty more especially are we inclined to take this course since the example will constitute a distinct march forward of our story and will not hinder the progress of the events remaining to be recorded during the next fortnight that is through the early part of july the history of our hero was circulated in the form of strange diverting most unlikely sounding stories which passed from mouth to mouth through the streets and villas adjoining those inhabited by lebedeff pitsen nastasha philipovna and the apanchines in fact pretty well through the whole town and its environs all society both the inhabitants of the place and those who came down of an evening for the music had got hold of one and the same story in a thousand varieties of detail as to how a certain young prince had raised a terrible scandal in a most respectable household had thrown over a daughter of the family to whom he was engaged and had been captured by a woman of shady reputation whom he was determined to marry at once breaking off all old ties for the satisfaction of his insane idea and in spite of the public indignation roused by his action the marriage was to take place in pavlovsk openly and publicly and the prince had announced his intention of going through with it with head erect and looking the whole world in the face the story was so artfully adorned with scandalous details and persons of so great eminence and importance were apparently mixed up in it while at the same time the evidence was so circumstantial that it was no wonder the matter gave food for plenty of curiosity and gossip according to the reports of the most talented gossip mongers those who in every class of society are always in haste to explain every event to their neighbours the young gentleman concerned was of good family a prince fairly rich weak of intellect but a democrat and a dabbler in the nihilism of the period as exposed by mr turgenev he could hardly talk russian but had fallen in love with one of the miss apanchines and his suit met with so much encouragement that he had been received in the house as the recognized bridegroom-to-be of the young lady but like the frenchman of whom the story is told that he studied for holy orders took all the oaths was ordained priest and next morning wrote to his bishop informing him that as he did not believe in god and considered it wrong to deceive the people and live upon their pockets he begged to surrender the orders conferred upon him the day before and to inform his lordship that he was sending this letter to the public press like this frenchman the prince played a false game 
it was rumoured that he had purposely waited for the solemn occasion of a large evening party at the house of his future bride at which he was introduced to several eminent persons in order publicly to make known his ideas and opinions and thereby insult the bigwigs and to throw over his bride as offensively as possible and that resisting the servants who were told off to turn him out of the house he had seized and thrown down a magnificent china vase as a characteristic addition to the above it was currently reported that the young prince really loved the lady to whom he was engaged and had thrown her over out of purely nihilistic motives with the intention of giving himself the satisfaction of marrying a fallen woman in the face of all the world thereby publishing his opinion that there is no distinction between virtuous and disreputable women but that all women are alike free and a fallen woman indeed somewhat superior to a virtuous one it was declared that he believed in no classes or anything else excepting the woman question all this looked likely enough and was accepted as fact by most of the inhabitants of the place especially as it was borne out more or less by daily occurrences of course much was said that could not be determined absolutely for instance it was reported that the poor girl had so loved her future husband that she had followed him to the house of the other woman the day after she had been thrown over others said that he had insisted on her coming himself in order to shame and insult her by his taunts and nihilistic confessions when she reached the house however all these things might be the public interest in the matter grew daily especially as it became clear that the scandalous wedding was undoubtedly to take place so that if our readers were to ask an explanation not of the wild reports about the prince's nihilistic opinions but simply as to how such a marriage could possibly satisfy his real aspirations or as to the spiritual condition of our hero at this time we confess that we should have great difficulty in giving the required information all we know is that the marriage really was arranged and that the prince had commissioned lebedeff and keller to look after all the necessary business connected with it that he had requested them to spare no expense that nastasha herself was hurrying on the wedding that keller was to be the prince's best man at his own earnest request and that burdovsky was to give nastasha away to his great delight the wedding was to take place before the middle of july but besides the above we are cognizant of certain other undoubted facts which puzzle us a good deal because they seem flatly to contradict the foregoing we suspect for instance that having commissioned lebedeff and the others as above the prince immediately forgot all about masters of ceremonies and even the ceremony itself and we feel quite certain that in making these arrangements he did so in order that he might absolutely escape all thought of the wedding and even forget its approach if he could by detailing all business concerning it to others what did he think of all this time then what did he wish for there is no doubt that he was a perfectly free agent all through and that as far as nastasha was concerned there was no force of any kind brought to bear on him nastasha wished for a speedy marriage true but the prince agreed at once to her proposals he agreed in fact so casually that any one might suppose he was but acceding to the most simple and ordinary suggestion there are many strange circumstances such as this before us but in our opinion they do but deepen the mystery and do not in the smallest degree help us to understand the case 
however let us take one more example thus we know for a fact that during the whole of this fortnight the prince spent all his days and evenings with nastasia he walked with her drove with her he began to be restless whenever he passed an hour without seeing her in fact to all appearances he sincerely loved her he would listen to her for hours at a time with a quiet smile on his face scarcely saying a word himself and yet we know equally certainly that during this period he several times set off suddenly to the epanchins not concealing the fact from nastasia philipovna and driving the latter to absolute despair we know also that he was not received at the apanchines so long as they remained at pavlovsk and that he was not allowed an interview with aglaya but next day he would set off once more on the same errand apparently quite oblivious of the fact of yesterday's visit having been a failure and of course meeting with another refusal we know too that exactly an hour after aglaya had fled from nastasia philipovna's house on that fateful evening the prince was at the apanchines and that his appearance there had been the cause of the greatest consternation and dismay for aglaya had not been home and the family only discovered then for the first time that the two of them had been to nastasia's house together it was said that elizabetha prokofievna and her daughters had there and then denounced the prince in the strongest terms and had refused any further acquaintance and friendship with him their rage and denunciations being redoubled when varya ardalionovna suddenly arrived and stated that aglaya had been at her house in a terrible state of mind for the last hour and that she refused to come home this last item of news which disturbed lisabetha prokofievna more than anything else was perfectly true on leaving nastasia's aglaya had felt that she would rather die than face her people and had therefore gone straight to nina alexandrovna's on receiving the news lisabetha and her daughters and the general all rushed off to aglaya followed by prince lef nikolaevitch undeterred by his recent dismissal but through varia he was refused a sight of aglaya here also the end of the episode was that when aglaya saw her mother and sisters crying over her and not uttering a word of reproach she had flung herself into their arms and gone straight home with them it was said that gania managed to make a fool of himself even on this occasion for finding himself alone with aglaya for a minute or two when varia had gone to the apanchines he had thought it a fitting opportunity to make a declaration of his love and on hearing this aglaya in spite of her state of mind at the time had suddenly burst out laughing and had put a strange question to him she asked him whether he would consent to hold his finger to a lighted candle in proof of his devotion gania it was said looked so comically bewildered that aglaya had almost laughed herself into hysterics and had rushed out of the room and upstairs where her parents had found her hippolyte told the prince this last story sending for him on purpose when mushkin heard about the candle and gania's finger he had laughed so that he had quite astonished hippolyte and then shuddered and burst into tears the prince's condition during those days was strange and perturbed hippolyte plainly declared that he thought he was out of his mind this however was hardly to be relied upon offering all these facts to our readers and refusing to explain them we do not for a moment desire to justify our hero's conduct on the contrary we are quite prepared to feel our share of the indignation which his behaviour aroused in the hearts of his friends 
even vera lebedeff was angry with him for a while so was kolya so was keller until he was selected for best man so was lebedeff himself who began to intrigue against him out of pure irritation but of this anon in fact we are in full accord with certain forcible words spoken to the prince by evgeny pavlovitch quite unceremoniously during the course of a friendly conversation six or seven days after the events at nastasia philipovna's house we may remark here that not only the epanchins themselves but all who had anything to do with them thought it right to break with the prince in consequence of his conduct prince s even went so far as to turn away and cut him dead in the street but evgeny pavlovitch was not afraid to compromise himself by paying the prince a visit and did so in spite of the fact that he had recommenced to visit at the epanchines where he was received with redoubled hospitality and kindness after the temporary estrangement evgeny called upon the prince the day after that on which the epanchines left pavlovsk he knew of all the current rumours in fact he had probably contributed to them himself the prince was delighted to see him and immediately began to speak of the epanchines which simple and straightforward opening quite took evgeny's fancy so that he melted at once and plunged in medias race without ceremony the prince did not know up to this that the epanchines had left the place he grew very pale on hearing the news but a moment later he nodded his head and said thoughtfully i knew it was bound to be so then he added quickly where have they gone to evgeny meanwhile observed him attentively and the rapidity of the questions their simplicity the prince's candour and at the same time his evident perplexity and mental agitation surprised him considerably however he told mushkin all he could kindly and in detail the prince hardly knew anything for this was the first informant from the household whom he had met since the estrangement evgeny reported that aglaya had been really ill and that for two nights she had not slept at all owing to high fever that now she was better and out of serious danger but still in a nervous hysterical state it's a good thing that there is peace in the house at all events he continued they never utter a hint about the past not only in aglaya's presence but even among themselves the old people are talking of a trip abroad in the autumn immediately after adelaida's wedding aglaya received the news in silence evgeny himself was very likely going abroad also so were prince s and his wife if affairs allowed of it the general was to stay at home they were all at their estate of kolmina now about twenty miles or so from st petersburg princess bielokonski had not returned to moscow yet and was apparently staying on for reasons of her own lisabetha prokofievna had insisted that it was quite impossible to remain in pavlovsk after what had happened evgeny had told her of all the rumours current in town about the affair so that there could be no talk of their going to their house on the yelagin as yet and in point of fact prince added evgeny pavlovitch you must allow that they could hardly have stayed here considering that they knew of all that went on at your place and in the face of your daily visits to their house visits which you insisted upon making in spite of their refusal to see you yes yes quite so you are quite right i wished to see aglaya ivanovna you know said the prince nodding his head oh my dear fellow cried evgeny warmly with real sorrow in his voice how could you permit all that to come about as it has of course of course 
i know it was all so unexpected i admit that you only naturally lost your head and-and could not stop the foolish girl that was not in your power i quite see so much but you really should have understood how seriously she cared for you she could not bear to share you with another and you could bring yourself to throw away and shatter such a treasure oh prince prince yes yes you are quite right again said the poor prince in anguish of mind i was wrong i know but it was only aglaya who looked on nastasia philipovna so no one else did you know but that's just the worst of it all don't you see that there was absolutely nothing serious about the matter in reality cried evgeny beside himself excuse me prince but i have thought over all this i have thought a great deal over it i know all that had happened before i know all that took place six months since and i know there was nothing serious about the matter it was but fancy smoke fantasy distorted by agitation and only the alarmed jealousy of an absolutely inexperienced girl could possibly have mistaken it for serious reality here evgeny pavlovitch quite let himself go and gave the reins to his indignation clearly and reasonably and with great psychological insight he drew a picture of the prince's past relations with nastasia philipovna evgeny pavlovitch always had a ready tongue but on this occasion his eloquence surprised himself from the very beginning he said you began with a lie what began with a lie was bound to end with a lie such is the law of nature i do not agree in fact i am angry when i hear you called an idiot you are far too intelligent to deserve such an epithet but you are so far strange as to be unlike others that you must allow yourself now i have come to the conclusion that the basis of all that has happened has been first of all your innate inexperience remark the expression innate prince then follows your unheard-of simplicity of heart then comes your absolute want of sense of proportion to this want you have several times confessed and lastly a mass an accumulation of intellectual convictions which you in your unexampled honesty of soul accept unquestionably as also innate and natural and true admit prince that in your relations with nastasia philipovna there has existed from the very first something democratic and the fascination so to speak of the woman question i know all about that scandalous scene at nastasia philipovna's house when rogozhin brought the money six months ago i'll show you yourself as in a looking-glass if you like i know exactly all that went on in every detail and why things have turned out as they have you thirsted while in switzerland for your home country for russia you read doubtless many books about russia excellent books i dare say but hurtful to you and you arrived here as it were on fire with the longing to be of service then on the very day of your arrival they tell you a sad story of an ill-used woman they tell you a knight pure and without reproach this tale of a poor woman the same day you actually see her you are attracted by her beauty her fantastic almost demoniacal beauty i admit her beauty of course add to all this your nervous nature your epilepsy and your sudden arrival in a strange town the day of meetings and of exciting scenes the day of unexpected acquaintanceships the day of sudden actions the day of meeting with the three lovely eponchine girls and among them aglaya add your fatigue your excitement add nastasha's evening party 
and the tone of that party and what were you to expect of yourself at such a moment as that yes 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 said the prince once more nodding his head and blushing slightly yes it was so or nearly so i know it and besides you see i had not slept the night before in the train or the night before that either and i was very tired of course of course quite so that's what i am driving at continued evgeny excitedly it is as clear as possible and most comprehensible that you in your enthusiasm should plunge headlong into the first chance that came of publicly airing your great idea that you a prince and a pure living man did not consider a woman disgraced if the sin were not her own but that of a disgusting social libertine oh heavens it's comprehensible enough my dear prince but that is not the question unfortunately the question is was there any reality and truth in your feelings was it nature or nothing but intellectual enthusiasm what do you think yourself we are told of course that a far worse woman was forgiven but we don't find that she was told that she had done well or that she was worthy of honour and respect did not your common sense show you what was the real state of the case a few months later the question is now not whether she is an innocent woman i do not insist one way or the other i do not wish to but can her whole career justify such intolerable pride such insolent rapacious egotism as she has shown forgive me i am too violent perhaps but yes i dare say it is all as you say i dare say you are quite right muttered the prince once more she is very sensitive and easily put out of course but still she-she is worthy of sympathy is that what you wish to say my good fellow but then for the mere sake of vindicating her worthiness of sympathy you should not have insulted and offended a noble and generous girl in her presence this is a terrible exaggeration of sympathy how can you love a girl and yet so humiliate her as to throw her over for the sake of another woman before the very eyes of that other woman when you have already made her a formal proposal of marriage and you did propose to her you know you did so before her parents and sisters can you be an honest man prince if you act so i ask you and did you not deceive that beautiful girl when you assured her of your love yes you are quite right oh i feel that i am very guilty said mushkin in deepest distress but as if that is enough cried evgeny indignantly as if it is enough simply to say i know i am very guilty you are to blame and yet you persevere in evil doing where was your heart i should like to know your christian heart all that time did she look as though she were suffering less at that moment you saw her face was she suffering less than the other woman how could you see her suffering and allow it to continue how could you but i did not allow it murmured the wretched prince how what do you mean you didn't allow upon my word i didn't to this moment i don't know how it all happened i-i ran after aglaya ivanovna but nastasia philipovna fell down in a faint and since that day they won't let me see aglaya that's all i know it's all the same you ought to have run after aglaya though the other was fainting yes yes i ought but i couldn't she would have died she would have killed herself you don't know her and i should have told aglaya everything afterwards but i see evgeny pavlovitch you don't know all tell me now why am i not allowed to see aglaya 
i should have cleared it all up you know neither of them kept to the real point you see i could never explain what i mean to you but i think i could to aglaya oh my god my god you spoke just now of aglaya's face at the moment when she ran away oh my god i remember it come along come along quick he pulled at evgeny's coat-sleeve nervously and excitedly and rose from his chair where to come to aglaya quick quick but i told you she is not at pavlovsk and what would be the use if she were oh she'll understand she'll understand cried the prince clasping his hands she would understand that all this is not the point not a bit the real point it is quite foreign to the real question how can it be foreign you are going to be married are you not very well then you are persisting in your course are you going to marry her or not yes i shall marry her yes then why is it not the point oh no it is not the point not a bit it makes no difference my marrying her it means nothing how means nothing you are talking nonsense my friend you are marrying the woman you love in order to secure her happiness and aglaya sees and knows it how can you say that it's not the point her happiness oh no i am only marrying her well because she wished it it means nothing it's all the same she would certainly have died i see now that that marriage with rogojin was an insane idea i understand all now that i did not understand before and do you know when those two stood opposite to one another i could not bear nastasia philipovna's face you must know evgeny pavlovitch i have never told anyone before not even aglaya that i cannot bear nastasia philipovna's face he lowered his voice mysteriously as he said this you described that evening at nastasia philipovna six months since very accurately just now but there is one thing which you did not mention and of which you took no account because you do not know i mean her face i looked at her face you see even in the morning when i saw her portrait i felt that i could not bear to look at it now there's vera lebedeff for instance her eyes are quite different you know i'm afraid of her face he added with real alarm you are afraid of it yes she's mad he whispered growing pale do you know this for certain asked evgeny with the greatest curiosity yes for certain quite for certain now i have discovered it absolutely for certain these last few days what are you doing then cried evgeny in horror you must be marrying her solely out of fear then i can't make head or tail of it prince perhaps you don't even love her oh no i love her with all my soul why she is a child she's a child now a real child oh you know nothing about it at all i see and are you assured at the same time that you love aglaya too yes yes oh yes how so do you want to make out that you love them both yes yes both i do excuse me prince but think what you are saying recollect yourself without aglaya i-i must see aglaya i shall die in my sleep very soon i thought i was dying in my sleep last night oh if aglaya only knew all i mean really really all because she must know all that's the first condition towards understanding why cannot we ever know all about another especially when that other has been guilty but i don't know what i'm talking about 
i'm so confused you pained me so dreadfully surely surely aglaya has not the same expression now as she had at the moment when she ran away oh yes i am guilty and i know it i know it probably i am in fault all round i don't quite know how but i am in fault no doubt there is something else but i cannot explain it to you evgeny pavlovitch i have no words but aglaya will understand i have always believed aglaya will understand i am assured she will no prince she will not aglaya loved like a woman like a human being not like an abstract spirit do you know what my poor prince the most probable explanation of the matter is that you never loved either the one or the other in reality i don't know perhaps you are right in much that you have said evgeny pavlovitch you are very wise evgeny pavlovitch oh how my head is beginning to ache again come to her quick for god's sake come but i tell you she is not in pavlovsk she's in kolmina oh come to kolmina then come let us go at once no no impossible said evgeny rising look here i'll write a letter take a letter for me no no prince you must forgive me but i can't undertake any such commissions i really can't and so they parted evgeny pavlovitch left the house with strange convictions he too felt that the prince must be out of his mind and what did he mean by that face a face which he so fears and yet so loves and meanwhile he really may die as he says without seeing aglaya and she will never know how devotedly he loves her ha 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 how does the fellow manage to love two of them two different kinds of love i suppose this is very interesting poor idiot what on earth will become of him now End of chapter nine